everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Oh, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. Somebody talk to me! What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. No, no, no. How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? <laughs> this was all John Hammond's dream. Hold on to your butt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 205th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In today's episode, we're going to kick things off with some somewhat big news for Jurassic World 3 and Jurassic World The Exhibition, so definitely stay tuned to hear all about that. Our major segment here for today is the Visitor Center. We're going to go ahead and chat with Zach Sharp of Stern Pinball to learn all about the newest Jurassic Park pinball machines that you can currently find and play all around the world. These machines really sound incredible to me. I uh, have not gotten the chance to play it myself, but I am loving everything that I am seeing so far. And we're going to learn a little bit about Zach and discuss these machines, the ins and outs of creating them, so don't miss it. But of course, before we get into that, we're going to go ahead and take care of some business. I'm sure you've heard it over the past few weeks, but we are promoting our running universal promo code for the registration to get 10% off your registration. Just sign up with the code JPPOD10 for 10% off your 5Ks, your 10Ks, not the 1K. And uh, of course, if you are a team member or an annual pass holder, you cannot use that code either. But if you're just signing up for the 5Ks and the 10Ks, please go ahead, use JPPOD10 to get 10% off. I'm helping you guys out. Also, uh, this past week, I was part of the Forcecast and their live stream over on Facebook. So please uh, find the link in our show notes. I'll go ahead and promote that. We had a blast. I was on video. We were talking all about Star Wars, Force Friday, finding Jurassic toys. It was a blast. I love uh, hanging out with Ryan from the Forcecast. We've had a blast over the past few months um kind of joining up with that show and and kind of tag teaming jurassic and uh star wars all at the same time it's been a blast for me to consistently talk about star wars it's not something i get to do on this show so go check out all that stuff and also speaking of the force cast and ryan uh the co-host of that show I am going to be meeting up with him and many others down in Orlando this week. So if you are down in the area at Universal, come meet up with us. Just reach out on Twitter. I am at Brad Jost or at Jurassic Park Pod. Shout out and say, you know what? Hey, I'm in the parks today. Come find us. We'll try to make things work. But uh, yeah, I'm going to be meeting up with Ryan and others and all my friends uh, at GGH Podcast. Uh, There's going to be a lot of people. One of my buddies is coming down with me as well. So come meet up with us. Have a good time. And uh, maybe I'll be at, uh, if I can get this to work, maybe I'll be at Galaxy's Edge as well at some point. So we'll see. It's going to be a quick uh, week trip or a few day trip. So, uh, you know, keep in touch and we'll try to make things work out. Maybe we'll do a little meetup in the Jurassic section. But now I want to go ahead and promote some of our YouTube stuff. 
So last week, uh, we did a bunch of really cool videos, I think. Um, I uh, released my Brachiosaurus hunt. Uh, that was a really fun video to put together, guys. I went out to search for that Brachiosaurus, as I'm sure you know, many times over. was denied so many times. It was a, a fun trip to document, but um, yeah, and, and very fun to put together. I have a blast watching that one. I've watched it a few times already, but um, we've gotten some good reception, so go check that one out. I also did a live stream, which I do every Wednesday night. I try to do those every Wednesday night, somewhere around 9.30, 10 p.m. in that range. And uh, the last one I did was a live stream covering spinoff ideas for, you know, films, TV shows, comics, novels, all those kinds of things. I had a bunch of ideas, and uh, you guys in the live chat had a bunch of ideas. So we discussed it all, talked about all our ideas. It was it was really fun. I loved, loved, loved the, the um, live streams. They are so much fun for me. Um, and also on Friday, we released episode 13 of Tom Fishenden's Claire Sanctuary playthrough. Um, so that's that's awesome. I love that series that he's doing, building that park. And uh, we've got even more coming this week. But first off this week, we have a Universal Studios Beijing Resort video where I showcase the new concept art, the new, um, I guess, leaks or something from the park, uh, the construction and everything. So go check that out because there's some really, really great Jurassic World stuff coming to that new park in China. You're not going to want to miss that video. Also, this coming Wednesday or whenever I get a chance, I'm not too sure of the schedule. Like I had just said, I try to do every Wednesday nights at 9.30 to 10 p.m., but this week's going to be a little different. I'm going to try to live stream maybe a few times from the park. Um, down in Islands of Adventure, I'll live stream from the Jurassic section if I can. Or, you know, maybe if I get another chance throughout the weekend or week, I'll try to do that for you guys. But I want to stay in contact with you guys over on YouTube, so keep your eyes peeled to that channel. And then, like I said, we got episode 14 of Tom's Claire's, uh, Claire's Sanctuary playthrough, so don't miss that as well. But enough of all that, why don't we get this episode kicked off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access rate program. Access security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. All right, so the first piece of news we have here is in relation to Jurassic World 3. So... Our team got word that Jurassic World 3 will be heading out to the southern European island country of Malta to film Jurassic World 3. We don't really know the timeline or what's going to be filmed just yet, but it will be happening sometime in the near future, and they will be filming something for Jurassic World 3. Now, Malta is known for its uh, its filming down there. They've done stuff like Assassin's Creed, uh, 13 Hours, Murder on the Orient Express, and HBO's Game of Thrones. So there's some really, really incredible vistas out there, whether it's natural landscapes, cities, water. There's so much to offer down there. And like I said, we don't really have any indication what the filming will be. Like, it could just, just be a, like a Mosasaurus scene in the water. It could be a return to an island, since this is an island country. Um, or it could be dinosaurs in a city. Who knows? It, and it's very ancient, like an ancient city kind of place. That's why you're getting stuff like Assassin's Creed and Game of Thrones. All these very 
old architecture places that look really, really incredible. So go check out our article on JurassicParkPodcast.com. We wrote up this thing, put some images in there so you can kind of get a glimpse as to what this island offers. So Jurassic World 3 will be filming in Malta. Stay tuned for more information as soon as we have it over on JurassicParkPodcast.com. Next up, we found out that Jurassic World, the exhibition, will be hitting the States again in the fourth quarter of 2020. So that is some very, very great news for people who missed out on the exhibition. So I know there might be some confusion for some fans over Jurassic World Live Tour and Jurassic World, the exhibition. So the exhibition is a tour as well that goes through different museums around the world. Um, And it's a walking tour. So you kind of walk through the museum areas. You see the Jurassic settings. You see the dinosaur animatronics. And uh, there's some little um, areas that resemble the films as well. And then Jurassic World Live Tour, you know, is the sit-down show where you watch these animatronics and actors down on the stage below. But, like I said, Jurassic World, the exhibition, will be coming back to the States in late 2020. And it's going to be touring around for two years. So that is very exciting. And it seems like it's going to give, you know, people around the U.S. the chance to see this who missed out because... As of now, it only toured in two areas, in Philly and, I believe, Chicago. So, um, City Neon, the company behind Jurassic World, the exhibition, is teaming up with Round Room Live in order to tour the states. So, stay tuned for more information on where they're going and whatnot. We don't know too much just yet, but we'll let you know as soon as we do. But I do have a quote here from Mark Kemper, the group chief corporate and financial officer of City Neon Holdings. He says, We are thrilled to embark on this venture with Round Room and NBC Universal to bring Jurassic World the exhibition on tour in the U.S. Round Room's expertise with promoting touring ex- exhibitions and Universal's globally celebrated entertainment offerings make both entities perfect partners for City Neon, and we look forward to developing future projects together. So please go to our website, JurassicParkPodcast.com, or check the show notes for this episode for the link to our article. We have the press release in there where you can find more information as well. We are very excited, and this means more possibilities for meetups and fan events and stuff like that. I am very excited to see Jurassic World, the exhibition return. So please, please, don't miss it when it returns. Uh, Oh, there it is. There it is. Let's open up the doors to the visitor center and chat with Zach Sharp of Stern Pinball to learn all about their Jurassic Park pinball machines. We are back today inside the Visitor Center, and it looks like there was some sort of dino battle or something over there since our last visit. But despite the chaos, I've brought along with me Zach Sharp, Director of Marketing over at Stern Pinball. Now, if you weren't aware yet, Stern Pinball released a new line of pinball machines celebrating Jurassic Park. I think they look fantastic, and I can't wait to learn more. Zach, how are you? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm I'm doing pretty good. I uh, I remember seeing these things pop up, and we released uh, the press release on our website, and it got me very hyped about them. Um, I love playing uh, pinball, and of course, Jurassic Park is huge for me. So those two combinations are awesome, and I am excited to learn even more about them. 
So I do want to start you off with a fun little question that we ask everybody. Um, nothing yes. too, too serious or too, too heavy. But if you were stuck in a kitchen with a Velociraptor, what would you do and would you make it out alive? Ooh, that is a good question. Is it, <laughs> is it lame of me to be, you know, saying I would do the same exact thing as the kids did and they, you know, escaped scotch free? <laughs> no, I mean, that's um, not that's not lame. That's the that's the thing. I mean, they made it out. Right. So you should hopefully, along with that same experience, make it out. I mean, I guess the question is, do I have everything available like in my quote unquote toolbox? Like, would I have a Velociraptor uh, voice thing from uh, the third movie <laughs> where I can just like, you know, play that instrument or that uh, vocal cord <laughs> thing and then uh, walk out of the kitchen? I like I like your thinking. Yeah, I don't think anybody's taken that approach. They'll, they'll sneak right. the uh, the Raptor resonating chamber into their pocket just in case because you're going to the island, you, <laughs> you better know. have one. Yeah, yeah, you have to have that available. Um, <laughs> all right, so I do want to know a little bit about um, yourself, uh, your role at the company, and a little bit of history about Stern Pinball. Sure. Uh, so I've been with the company for a couple of years, but you know, have grown up around pinball my entire life. Um, I'm the director of marketing, so doing everything I can to spread pinball to the masses. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with Jurassic Park, that is that makes my job even easier because who doesn't love dinosaurs? Yeah, um, yeah. In terms of Stern Pinball, we've been in business for over 30 years. And, um, you know, we're an American-made manufacturing company uh, producing pinball machines and, you know, shipping them all over the world. Yeah. I Now, what is like the, the pinball industry like? Is it um, any more difficult these days or is it still pretty prevalent? Because I, I mean, I still find them to be a blast and you see these things constantly. So what's the uh, state of the industry right now? Yeah, I mean, Stern is definitely the global market leader for pinball manufacturing. Uh-huh. Um, it's definitely more condensed than it was, you know, back in the 70s. But, you know, it never sure. went away. And I mean, we've just been growing year over year and there's just no signs of slowing down. So, I mean, the one great thing about pinball is it's something that cannot be replicated. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, yes, you can play something on your smartphone and it might be a digital recreation of pinball, but nothing beats that physical tactile experience sure. of, <laughs> you know, battling physics. And yeah. what's great is, you know, we work with such great properties and licenses that, you know, year after year, game after game, I mean, these things are timeless. So, yes. you know, whether it's something that's relevant and new, you know, Deadpool, which is, you know, hot and fresh and new, or something timeless like Star Wars, um, you know, pinball is just always relevant. Yeah, that was the exact word that I was going to use, timeless, because like dinosaurs, you know, they never go out of style. Everybody will pretty much, I think, always love dinosaurs. Um, and I think pinball is the same thing. You know, it's 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 something like you said, you can't replicate. And we, you know, we have versions of pinball on, on uh, you know, consoles today or our PS4s and all this stuff. Um, but like, I always, I always play those games and I'm like, how accurate is this? Like, is this like the real physics of how it would operate like in a real system today? And I never trust that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it's, they're still fun, but nothing replicates that old school feeling. Yeah. So let's go back to, 
I don't know, 1990s. Um, I want to learn about uh, your first experience with Jurassic Park. Were you um, an early adopter with the novels or were you first coming into this uh, franchise with the with the, the movies themselves? Um, so for the movie itself, I I was a late adopter to the novel. So okay. after seeing the after seeing the movie, I definitely read the book and became a big Michael Crichton f- fan. And, um, you know, reading Congo and other other books of his. But what I remember most about Jurassic Park, the original film, was it was the first movie that I went back and saw a second time in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was in middle school and the movie just completely blew me away with the special effects, the, you know, the tense suspense of everything it was incredible. I mean, just seeing these dinosaurs alive on screen was just something that, you know, as a kid, you can only imagine. And to see it, it was just, it, it just seemed so real. It was definitely my favorite movie growing up. (laughs) I I think that's, uh, you know, saying a lot, we all think the same thing. We have that first experience back in like middle school. Of course, there's some people that are a little (laughs) bit older or younger and for, that was the same for me, you know, back in middle school, just saw this movie. I loved it. I had to have all the toys, all the everythings and um, something like this, like pinball, man, that would have that would have been awesome for me back in uh, in the day. I don't remember. I know there was another one at one point, but um, I don't think I ever even played that. Um, but yeah, that was original. Um, just to give you a little uh, brief history on Stern, but um, originally it was Data East, which they did make that first uh jurassic park pinball machine okay um then they became or we became sega pinball which um there was a second jurassic park pinball machine the lost world based on the the sequel and then uh now we're stern pinball and we've made the third the trilogy but uh (laughs) you know just jurassic park awesome kind of covering the three movies continuing on the legacy that's awesome um (laughs) now for yourself were you somebody that followed this series along since you loved it so much back in the day absolutely it's funny there's there's a few franchises that i don't care if it seems stale or out of place i will go see it every new movie in that franchise and jurassic park is definitely one of those sure now i gotta ask you did did you get a chance to watch battle at big rock yet no. Oh my gosh. Not. You got to you got to stop this recording and go check it out. There's an 8-minute short online directed by Jurassic World director Colin Trevorrow, um kind of set in between the last movie Fallen Kingdom and and uh leading into what will be Jurassic World 3. So it's uh Wait, what's it called? Battle at Big Rock. Okay. It's I will, uh yeah, put it on the list. Off the phone. You know what? I I love my child. We, I just, my wife and I, we just had our first uh, baby last year, so uh-huh. I'm not quite on the on the nose with things <laughs> happening in pop culture these days. Oh so. yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I apologize. I'm, no, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I have a, a two year old, and and some things just fall by the wayside. And uh, <laughs> yeah, something like this, I, I keep looking at it. I'm like, do I want to? I, I don't think I can. I don't think I can show him this short for like a, a few more years because. Despite how amazing, uh, you know, Jurassic Park and, and the Lost World and, you know, how, how awesome they were. I watched those as a as like a six year old, but I don't think I, I, I don't know when I could show like Battle at Big Rock. This thing is a bit more violent and slightly more disturbing than your, your average Jurassic Park. 
Um, so it's like, ah, man, I can't show my kid this for a long time. <laughs> well, si- sign me up. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I think you'll. Watch I think you'll love it. It's. It's absolutely amazing. Surprise debuted online. Uh, actually, no. Uh, first, it was on FX Network, and then it came onto uh, the internet. So. It's it's shared around everywhere. I think it's like two million views right now. It's going crazy. So, well, counted two million and one after this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, with your experience, were you a, a collector of any sort uh, with Jurassic Park memorabilia or toys or anything like that? Uh, personally, no. I mean, definitely the, the book, but yeah. In terms of toys or anything, no. I I've never been like a huge. I mean, outside of. <laughs> he-man figures i had growing up when i was like really young um, yeah i was never much of a, a collector in that sort the the he-man figures oh man i think i had a, a few of those as well um is that the that's the one with like castle grayskull and stuff like that right oh yeah masters yeah. of the universe masters of the universe <laughs> i had i had that castle grayskull and i think i had some of the figures as well that was like those were awesome toys back then i i love yeah. those things uh, but of course, you know, I had all the JP stuff and that that kept me alive as a as a fan for a long time. And I know a lot of people like me kind of fell off the bandwagon. Um, once I grew up a little bit, I became a teenager. I was kind of too cool for this stuff. But um, Jurassic World pulled me right back in. And I think there's been a great re- re- uh, resurgence now um, and stuff like this, like Stern is just making more Jurassic stuff. And so many other companies are working on Jurassic material. So it's a it's a great time. Oh yeah, I mean, like I said, it's timeless. I mean, this this is never going away. Yeah, oh, I, I hope so. My fingers are crossed because if it goes away, I don't know what the podcast is about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I I think I've kind of got a good sense about um, Stern and Jurassic and that relationship. But if you could just maybe run down, like, why Jurassic Park? Why now for for Stern Pinball? Oh, uh, why not? <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's a dinosaur themed game. Um, you know, they're a great um, licensor to work with, uh-huh. and with uh, Universal and Amblin. And um, we were given the option. Our game designer Keith Elwin, who sidetrack or side note, he um, he is arguably the best pinball player of all time, competitively. Ooh. But okay. he's also a designer at Stern Pinball. So he um, this is his second design game, and he was given the option of doing um, based on the Jurassic world, the newer films or based on the original trilogy. And he chose to, you know, his vision was to create it based on the original trilogy because he felt it was, you know, more timeless and just that original, you know, iconic Jurassic park versus the world. And the licensor was all for it. They thought it was sure. a great direction, you know, with some of the ideas he had. And they were in full support and, you know, helping uh, see his vision to life. Well, that's that's really good to hear because it seems like these days Jurassic Park kind of, you know, falls into the shadows a lot. People, you know, want to focus mostly on Jurassic World and, and all the products now are Jurassic World. Obviously, the movies um, and everything mm-hmm. else seems to be focused on on the new franchise, rightfully so. I mean, that's what they want to sell. Um, but it's 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 amazing when we actually see stuff related to Jurassic Park because sometimes it feels like it's forgotten in, in these days. So I, I really appreciate him picking Jurassic Park in that circumstance. That's awesome. So does that mean like maybe sometime in the future, maybe we'll see some Jurassic World? You know, you never know. 
<laughs> you know, pin, pinball finds a way. I like that. that. I like. <laughs> I like that. Um, you might have to get uh, Jeff Goldblum and uh, have him quote that for for the machines. <laughs> Um, so give everybody kind of a, a quick rundown of the gameplay, because uh, I know there's a little bit, you know, you you have a little bit of story involved in your Jurassic Park machine. So give everybody like kind of that rundown. Sure. So the game is not necessarily based on just one of the movies. It's in the universe of the first three movies. Mm-hmm. So um, when the, a player, you know, walks up and presses start, um, the player's transported to uh, the island, and you know, all these dinosaurs are running amok because of uh, good old Dennis Nedry's uh, computer virus. So, you know, with all these dinosaurs running around, um, as a player, you're trying to rescue the park staff on your way to capturing the dinosaurs. And there's a lot of cool moments in the game, you know, battling raptors, battling the T Rex, and you know, ultimately, you're trying to, you know, escape. Yeah, I uh, I love that when these like I don't know what to call them exactly, but I guess little mini games and stuff pop up on the boards. Like that's so much fun when you you have to try to figure out what exactly you're supposed to do. I guess do you have like the uh, the video playing and kind of instructing you as as you go along? Yeah, so Keith and all of our games do a really good job of kind of showcasing what you should be shooting at with any particular mode. So. Mm-hmm. I always say this, and this is this goes for pretty much any pinball machine you play. The cardinal rule is if you don't know what you're doing, shoot the flashing shots. You know, shoot the flashing lights. Yeah. So the game does a really good job of choreography and, you know, like, wow, that right ramp is flashing repeatedly. Maybe I should shoot it and something <laughs> good will happen. Um, also, the display um, with our LCD display, um, we're able to have so much more information on there for players where, you know, in a moment when you're about to start a mode, it will pop up on the screen and say, you know, rescue, you know, or escape T-Rex, you know, shoot alternating ramps and hit the captive ball to, you know, escape the T-Rex. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, the game does a really good job of, you know, kind of narrating and describing what you should be shooting for. Sure. Um, And let me, let me try to set the scene a little bit because these machines are, are really awesome looking. Um, you know, you've got really impressive looking artwork on the sides and on the front. Um, it looks like you got, uh, two speakers on the right, uh, right and the left and maybe a, a monitor in the middle. You've got a ton of stuff going on on the boards. Like there's just so much on there. Like from the, it looks like the Raptor pens, you got vehicles, you got, uh, amazing artwork again with like Dennis Nedry and, and other things. I see like uh looks like egg chambers but also like amber it's so awesome there's just literally like you could look at this thing for ages and probably still find new stuff but really i mean this artwork is is super impressive like who is uh involved in in creating that yeah so for the actual like physical artwork on the cabinet and the translate and the play field um that was by an artist in canada his name is johnny I'm going to butcher his last name, but it's Bergeron. Uh-huh. And he, he's a famous uh, comic artist. And, you know, okay. this is his first pinball machine he ever worked on. Oh, and, wow. You know, he, he knocked it out of the park. And for the monitor display, we have a in-house team of custom animators and, you know, created everything from scratch to, you know, recreate some iconic scenes of, you know, a T-Rex knocking over, a jeep roaring you know 
dinosaurs battling, uh, trying to rescue <laughs> staff. I mean, there's some really cool custom animations that just look incredible. That's awesome. So as far as the artwork's concerned, did you give the ideas or was this just like from, from him all from scratch? Like, let me just give you this guy, this stuff. Um, I think it was a collaborative effort. Um, also like with the licensor, you know, we knew with, you know, the three different models that there's going to be different artwork for uh-huh. each model. And with the pro model, it's kind of, that's a game that goes more into locations and, um, you know, barcades. And that is kind of like the pan Jurassic park day scene. Um, yeah, you got, you know, multiple different dinosaurs on there. Um, the premium model is more for your, um, enthusiast and collector. And that's kind of the, afternoon uh kitchen raptor scene um where it has that kind of raptor motif yeah and then for the for the le which is for your kind of like hyper collector um it's more of like a midnight battle with the t-rex the lightning the rain it's like much more dark (laughs) i i yeah i absolutely love these and and there's certain like vibes coming off of them i love like the Pteranodon flying around in that first one in the pro model. And you got just so many different dinosaurs in there and specifically oh, yeah. like the T-Rex facing off against like Dilophosaurus. Awesome. And, and yeah, I didn't even really think about that on the premium model. You have that, like, it it almost does kind of look like that, uh, kind of like the gallery in the visitor center where it's just like this jungle atmosphere with the Raptors on there. That's really cool. Love that. And also, I really do love like the T Rex facing off against the Spinosaurus on the uh, limited edition. That's so cool. Yeah. So again, you know, it's like encapsulating all these you know dinosaurs and events from the first three um, movies. Yeah. So you said you have like all these new uh, digital animations. Is there anything like pulled from the movies or no? No. No. So that was like one of the original choices and design decisions that Keith did was, you know, we could get rights for some stuff, but then you're kind of handcuffed to, you know, Oh, here's this scene. And, you know, from a licensing perspective, if you have actors, then that's a whole other ball of wax versus just dinosaurs because, you know, all actors have their own rights and, you know, it's a, it, it can be a big headache and, you know, to have the free reign of doing and creating almost a unique story. So you're not just repeating the same thing over and over. I think, you know, what he developed for this game, you know, was elegant. And I mean, it's just so much fun. Yeah, I actually I actually really uh, like that idea because we, we get the movies often. We see them everywhere. So it's kind of nice to get new material uh, and new looks at some of the, the things that we love. I really, really enjoy that. Yeah. No, as, as Keith likes to say, he doesn't want to play an interactive DVD player. You know, he wants yeah. to create this <laughs> universe and world. And when you play, um, well, it's great. The one thing that we did get rights to is the iconic John Williams soundtrack. So when you're walking oh. up and you hit the start button, I mean, you'll get goosebumps just hearing it. Well, yeah, that that definitely helps. That's that's awesome to have that and uh, definitely get people in the mood to play. Do you have any because this sounds like a licensing issue as well. Is there is there your own set of assets for the uh, audio cues and stuff like that? Yep. So all the speech, um, the one speech that we did get from uh, the movie is good old Nedry. So all the speech in the game 
from Nedry is uh, directly from uh, him from the movie. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so I guess, and, and what about the, like dinosaurs and stuff? Did you get your own, like, I, I don't know where, where do you find dinosaur noises? I'm not too sure, but is that what you were working with your own set of dinosaur sounds? You know what? That's a great question. <laughs> um, they, they might've provided um, assets or sound files of different dinosaurs from the movies that we could leverage and use. But I don't know. That's a that's actually a really good question that I do not know the answer to. <laughs> yeah, because like you know, you always come across these you know dinosaur files that sound like you know animal. They usually sound like like a lion or something like that, and you're like, oh, that's that's a lion. Yeah. But when you put it up against the T Rex, you're like, okay, that sounds legit. It sounds like a T Rex now. <laughs> so as long as the visuals yeah. are there and everything, it says Jurassic Park. You get it. You understand what that noise is. <laughs> Oh yeah. When, when you hear the T-Rex roar in our game, it sounds like a T-Rex. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, are there any, um, Easter eggs or anything that fans will be like really intrigued to find maybe hidden, or if you don't want to give anything away, don't, don't do that. But, uh, is there anything fans can look forward to in these machines? Um, I mean, there's definitely a lot of little mini Easter eggs in not only the artwork, if you look really closely, but also in the display. Mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. I man, I just can't get over how awesome they look. Like, oh, they're <sighs> beautiful. I mean, I I'm personally purchasing a premium that will be in my basement. Uh, oh uh, my god, next month. So yeah, I I just like the play fields that you mentioned here. They're they're so there's so much going on. I think what is this one? This was the limited edition. Um, everything from like the. See, I don't know. I don't know all the the terms and everything, but where the ball goes down the hole and you lose or whatever, that Jurassic Park like uh, etched in rock, like that is just <laughs> something so special to to Jurassic Park fans to have that like right there. That's incredible. Yeah, and uh, then uh, on that model in the premium, you've got the unique uh, mosquito and amber pop bumper cap. Uh-huh. So it looks like there's little uh, mosquitoes and amber in the pop bumper cluster. It's so good. So good. There's I love a lot like, of good stuff. <laughs> like the, there's like a, a map of the island in the center. You have like postcards. Like this is so it's like every yeah. fan's dream. Like I, you were talking, I asked you about the Easter eggs, but this entire thing is an Easter egg. It's like so much awesome stuff involved. Literally yeah. can't even describe and Ryan, it. <laughs> that's great about the, the play field. You're mentioning, you know, you see the map and there's all those little inserts of the fossil of the dinosaurs. So as you're playing through the games, there's paddock modes. And when you start a paddock mode, depending on which path you're taking on this map, you're trying to capture these um, dinosaurs. So, you know, I'm going to butcher some of these names, but, you know, like a Gallimimus, <laughs> Triceratops, Stegosaurus, Ankylosaurus, depending on, you know, who you're trying to get, a Compi, a T-Rex, a uh, Raptor. Um, each of these different modes, the dinosaurs have different attributes when you're trying to capture them so again this is where you know i tip my hat to keith allen and his brilliance but the way the modes work with trying to um capture these dinosaurs and rescuing the park staff if it's a herbivore dinosaur you know they're less aggressive they're Uh going to kind of wander around but if they cross paths with a staff member before you're able to save them you know they will hurt or you know you'll you'll lose the ability to rescue that staff member um but if it's a carnivore 
they're actively looking to, you know, get to the staff. So it's just really cool how the interaction with the lights and what you're shooting for changes based on which dinosaur you're trying to capture. This is so cool. Like I, I'm just, <laughs> as you're talking, I'm just like staring at it because it's just, it's so super impressive. And I like like the addition of the Raptor on there. It looks like a, like basically like you just bolted like a toy on there. It's so awesome looking. And um, the, the T-Rex, could you talk about that like T-Rex? It's kind of like a animatronic little T-Rex, little robot T-Rex. That's awesome. Yeah. So on the premium and limited edition model, it is a interactive, you know, animatronic ball eating, ball throwing T-Rex. <laughs> so depending on when you start a T-Rex event. So you can start a T-Rex event by spelling um, T-Rex, which is on the captive ball by that Jeep, that jungle explorer vehicle. Okay. And when a T-Rex event is ready, oh, you'll know it's ready because the dinosaur <laughs> is going to start moving and it'll put his mouth down. You shoot it up the ramp and there's a magnet inside the mouth of the T-Rex. You know, oh. it'll capture the ball and it could do one of three things. It could pick it up and drop it nicely on the ramp. It mm-hmm. can, you know, thrash the ball up and down and just release it back down. Or my favorite is it can thrash side to side and throw the ball pretty much all the way over into the pop bumper area. So, I mean, you've got this crazy T-Rex that's just (laughs) interacting with the ball that has, you know, has never been accomplished in a pinball machine before. So who who is in charge of painting that thing? Because I got to say it's it's amazing. And I think a lot of hardcore Jurassic Park fans can notice that. This thing is painted almost identically to uh, the 1997 like uh, Hasbro Kenner um, Bull T Rex toy, and it's <laughs> it's like spot on. It looks super impressive, and that toy back from '97 is just one of everybody's favorite toys. It's massive. It's it's incredible. It's timeless, and it looks like it's right here in the game. Yep. No, I mean, like I said, with everything that we do um, with the development of this game was, you know, working closely with our licensor and, you know, our partners. So when we, you know, created, you know, custom scopes of this and, you know, provided for approval, you know, like here's an arted up sample, you know, does this have your approval? And, you know, they might come back with some changes like, no, it needs to be a little darker here. Mm-hmm. And we refine it until it's uh, perfect. And, you know, what you see now is the end perfect product i love it yeah this is perfect it's just it's like i said before it's so much stuff that you don't necessarily see often um jurassic park all these different features that you just don't really see ever this incredible artwork um i think you guys gotta like actually make physical postcards like that escape nublar postcard with the (laughs) t-rex the volcano that's like you gotta make that and like throw it up on your website people will buy it that's (laughs) it's awesome looking (laughs) That is so cool. That is so cool. What's like your favorite aspect uh, of the of these machines? Any of one of these, I guess. Um, I mean, it's it's almost tough to not choose T Rex. I, yeah. I feel like that's not a, a fair question. But um, on the premium and limited edition model, another really cool feature is the Raptor pen. So on that bottom left side where the Raptor is, on the premium and LE edition, um, if you hit if you hit that area enough. Um, you can capture a ball and a motorized gate comes up and oh, the ball will be dropped and you can bash on this gate with the ball inside and it's kind of, you know, busting out the Raptors and they'll start a Raptor multi-ball. 
So just being able to have that, you know, cool interaction and ball mechanism there, it, it, again, it's just another fun element that keeps the game, you know, keeps you on your toes while you're playing. That's awesome. So are there any other differences between the models that are, are notable? Um, on the premium and LE, there is a horizontal helicopter spinner. So on that very far right ramp, oh, yeah. um, right by the shooter lane, uh-huh. that's a hork, uh, a horizontal, uh, spinner blade. Okay. That's awesome, man. Uh, so I, that, I think I, uh, I yeah, think I think I you mentioned a few already. Yeah. 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 Oh man. I gotta get it. I gotta like <laughs> find one of these things. Cause I don't have any, I don't think near me yet. So I got to track them down. <laughs> No, definitely. I mean, if you go on our website um, uh-huh. at sternpinball.com, we have a pinball locator on up on like the upper left of our website. You can search for Jurassic Park and find one closest to you. All right. So when we do find them, we know that we have to to aim for anything that's kind of blinking or going crazy. Try to hit that that captured ball. Like what else, what what are kind of tips do you have for Jurassic Park fans out there trying to uh, play this game? Um. I would say shoot the chaos letters. So Ooh, that okay. that's for the chaos multi-ball feature. So on the very far left is the letter C. Mm-hmm. The left ramp is the letter H. Um, <sighs> the, the right ramp is A. That right orbit is an O. And then the far right ramp is S. And if you successfully, you know, get those letters... Um, you'll like chaos multiball, which is started by shooting it through the pop bumpers. There's this like through the like past the pop bumpers. There's like a hidden target, and that will start chaos multiball, which is a six ball multiball. Oh my it God. is it, it is chaotic. To say, you know, yeah, no no pun intended. And that multiball is so much fun to play. The animations are oh, incredible. The sounds, just everything is in your face. That's that's awesome. I love it. I actually do love like that kind of of game in within a game is where you got to hit all these letters or or targets all spread out across the board. And I I'm always like playing and I'm and I I do fairly okay with it. And I'm never I I just don't understand how this all works because there is so many mechanics involved with this and and physics and just hitting things in certain places. I don't understand how it works and how my mind can like hit towards the C and then towards you know, all the other letters. I, I love that. And it's somehow it's so strange, but it all works out. It's, it's incredible. I really, yeah, it's, you know, it's like muscle memory. It's like playing bags or shooting pool. You just or shooting a free throw. You just like, I, Oh, I missed that a little <laughs> late. Maybe I'll shoot a little earlier. Sure. And just keep that memory of where you're, you shot it. And, you know, Ultimately, gravity does win, so your ball will drain, but it's, you know, having fun in those moments when you're uh, keeping it alive. Yeah, that's one of those. I always like I I always have like a baseball in my hand and I'm like, how do I know how to get this ball to that person across the field? And I'm like, it just boggles my mind. And (laughs) pinball is one of these things where it's like there is literally so much going on. So I don't even understand how you guys like come up with this. I'm sure there's like you know, a, a set way of doing it in, in, you know, a standard these days, just because it's been around for so long, but it's, it's a very impressive art, I think. Oh yeah. It's all handcrafted. I mean, we hand assemble these right here, just outside of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it takes roughly 30 hours from start to finish to, you know, build one of these. There's 3,500 wow. parts in every single pinball <laughs> machine, quarter mile of wire. 
I mean, it is, it's oh a work gosh. of art. So like, what is like the, um, I guess the turnaround on creating a system like this from, from like the conception, the ideas, um, to the actual release and of the, uh, the cabinets. Sure. So from, you know, from start to finish, the design cycle is typically, you know, a year to a year and a half long. Okay. Okay. Not, that's not too bad. I, I, you know, with, especially with like an IP involved, you'd think maybe it takes a little bit longer, but that's not too bad actually. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, like there's some that might take a little longer sure. or some that we can, you know, work, turn around quicker, but I'd say like a year to a year and a half is kind of the standard. Sure. Um, I got to ask, cause I, I feel like if I don't ask this question on any of my interviews, people always yell at me. What, are, <laughs> what are the, um, the, ch- what are like the opportunities internationally for Stern Pinball? Is there any possibility or, or are you just, is your, your phrase just, Hey guys, you got to come here to the U S no. I mean, like I said, you know, we're a global company, even though we're based in Chicago, our reach is worldwide. So, you know, we sell our product through dealers and distributors all over the world. So no matter where you live, you know, with the exception of Antarctica, <laughs> you can get and find and play a pinball machine uh, well, that's, all over the that's world. That's a shame because 100% of my audience lives in Antarctica. So uh, they're all <laughs> out of luck, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> so, you know, looking through your website and everything, um, there's just like, it seems like endless amounts of IP and stuff like that. G- give me like uh, another one of like your favorites that you've you've worked with. I mean, there's nothing bigger. I mean, no offense to Jurassic Park, but I'd say there's nothing bigger <laughs> than Star Wars. <laughs> no, that is but, that um, is totally truthful and fair. Uh, Jurassic fans, I think, accept that it's we're we're a, a big <laughs> franchise and a, a big fan base. But I, you know, you can't really help it. Star Wars is the biggest, I think. Yeah, but I mean, there's so many fun IPs and different that the one thing I love about pinball is you don't have to necessarily be a fan of the IP to enjoy the game. And sometimes you become a fan of that product just from the pinball machine. And funny enough, Keith Owens' first game was Iron Maiden. And I did not know any Iron Maiden songs. I I, I only knew (laughs) one and I didn't even know that was Iron Maiden that did that song. So when I, you know, first played it, like I didn't know any of the songs, but the game was so fun and the music lends itself so well to pinball that, you know, I personally own one in my collection and I, I can say I am a fan of Iron Maiden or at least all the songs that are in that game. Sure. Sure. I mean, (laughs) If it wasn't for that pinball machine, it's like that's just a band I would not be, you know, knowledgeable about. Yeah, I mean, it's all about, you know, when you're walking down the aisle in an arcade or wherever it may be, like what what piques your interest, what kind of stands out to you, whether it's the music or the visuals or the artwork, like something stands out and it doesn't matter what it is. You could play yeah. anything. Oh, that's yep. awesome. This I'm so like hyped up about this and i've been hearing good things about jurassic from jurassic park fans that they're super excited to play this want to see it right now um i've i've actually seen a few people track it down said it's a lot of fun so that's that's awesome um but i do want to ask you um a few rapid fire questions so hopefully hopefully you can uh answer these for me just basically ask answer like a yes or no question or just a little bit of insight into what i'm asking are you uh you ready to go? 
Well, let's go. All right, so I'm going to start the clock. Three, two, one. All right, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, JP3, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Which one? The first one. Jurassic Park. <laughs> Do you like feathers that- on... That's 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 good. Do you like feathers or no feathers on your dinosaurs? No feathers. Spinosaurus or T-Rex? T-Rex. Are Muldoon's socks high enough? Yes or no? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, so the the new Raptor squad, Blue, Delta, Echo or Charlie? Uh, Echo. All right, Jurassic Park aesthetic or Jurassic World aesthetic? Jurassic Park. All right. Do you want to be attacked by a Triceratops or a Stegosaurus? Stegosaurus. <laughs> Novel or film? I think you answered this basically. Uh, film. All right. Dinosaurs or are they theme park monsters? Dinosaurs. Jurassic Park Jeep or the Ford Explorer? Ooh. Ooh. You know what? For that last one, can I say jungle adventure vehicle? Because we didn't get the, again, oh. the licensing. <laughs> we we couldn't have the Jeep or an Explorer in our car because, sure. again, IP. So how about <laughs> jungle adventure vehicle? <laughs> you know, I, I really appreciate that answer because the vehicles are, are so unique and you can do whatever you want. Like, And I love that about this franchise is there's just any kind of off-road vehicle. If you just slap those colors on there, put the logo on there, it looks awesome and incredible. And I think like these ones look really cool. I love this because it is... It's kind of it almost looks like the um the Jeep pickup in a way. Kind of looks yeah, similar it's a, to it's that. It's a hybrid. And just to give you a quick little uh, inside story there, but um our head of our chief creative officer George Gomez, um he designed that from scratch and worked with the licensor and they approved it. So we have this um his last name is Gomez, but we made an acronym GMC where it's <laughs> Gomez motor, motor company for That's his awesome. uh, car that he created in the game. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Any chance we can get to get new material, new things, new insight into, you know, parts of the, uh, of the park that we never saw or new vehicles like Jurassic fans love all that. We love everything we can get. And let me tell you, make those, make those postcards. We'd all buy one. right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass on the word. Awesome. Well, I I really thank you like so much for being here for talking about the uh, pinball machines. I think the fans are exploding with excitement to play them. Um, could you do me a favor and just run down where people can find out more about uh, these these machines and Stern? Sure. Yeah. No. I mean, no better place than SternPinball.com. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, you name it. But. Uh, um, yeah, in terms of playing them out in the wild, again, if you go to sternpinball.com, in the upper left-hand corner, we have a pinball locator. And you can search for all different Stern titles that you're itching to play and see if there's any uh, near nearby. Yeah, I was checking that out. It's a really, really helpful, awesome feature. I, I didn't even know that feature existed. I was like, oh, how do I find out where? And then I looked, and I was like, oh, my God, this is perfect. So thank, <laughs> thank you for putting that on there. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you again. I've uh, I've had a great time, and uh, hopefully, we can talk again in this, in maybe in the future when you potentially have something for Jurassic World. That would be awesome. All right, deal. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, thank you.
Thank you so much for listening to the 205th episode of the Jurassic Park podcast. Of course, a big thanks goes out to Zach for joining me here today on the podcast. We really, really appreciate Zach and Stern Pinball for taking the time to chat with us about their new products. I am very excited for these. I really hope I get the chance to play them sometime soon. If you guys want to play them, be sure to track them down via their website. They have that tracker on their website where you can see exactly where these machines are located. And I'll be sure to keep the link in our show notes so you can find out exactly where they are. So thank you again to Zach for joining us here today. Why don't we go ahead and move on to our reviews? So I'm just going to do this one here today. This one comes from Mando Tunes, and this was uh, left pretty recently here. And it says, The Absolute JP Podcast. The Absolute JP Podcast. I feel like you left out a word. Is it best, or is it mediocre, or is it just most boring or worst? I, I See, I don't know. I'm kind of confused. All right. Uh, if I just continue reading, it says here, <laughs> I love this podcast. Follow it on all platforms, YouTube, Twitter, etc. I was going through some health issues recently, and this podcast helped me get through it. I'd relieve anxiety by listening to Brad and friends go on and on about JP. Two hours is not enough. Keep up the good work. You're doing great. Uh, you're doing the community. A, and there's my watch. You're doing a community a great service. Love Jurassic Mailbag and The Wire. Never stop. So, wow. Thank you, Mando Tunes. That's, that's really awesome to hear. And I, I'm sorry that you, you, know, you were going through some health issues recently. And I, I'm glad that we could help relieve the anxiety. Uh, I, I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> um, I feel like, um, you know, I sometimes have a lot of anxiety myself doing these episodes and and trying to come up with all the content and thinking about what to talk about. But um, and and I'm sure like listening to me read, especially on the uh, the mailbag and try to answer these questions, it can't be all that relieving, can it? I, I mean, I guess I, I, I'm, I'm glad we could. I, I feel re- very good about that. So thank you, Mando Tunes. That's really awesome. And it, it just makes me feel like we're doing something good here. Um, you know, I never really set out for this to be something that was, you know, I, I guess you don't really think about these things when you're, when you're just making a uh, podcast is about it being a, a, a reliever or just, you know, a stress reliever or comforting or anything like that. And, uh, I, you know, I, I just started it and I just did it and got, you know, some awesome people to be a part of it. So yeah, I, I didn't really think about what the effects were per se. So it's always great to hear that people are experiencing the show in different ways, ways that I never expected. So, um, I'm sure there's people out there that are like, you know, this show gives me a lot of anxiety. I, I just can't listen to it. <laughs> But um, I'm I'm sorry, you know, you were going through some health health issues there. But I'm glad we could help you out uh, the best we could. And yeah, we're we're not planning on stopping anytime soon. So you got some more mailbags, some more wires, some more more great content like we did today. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it was great content. I don't know. Um, I can't really judge that. You guys do it for me. But um, yeah, and that's it. That's the only review we're gonna do here today. Thanks again. Uh, but of course, I want to part you guys with some advice here. And uh, this is something I feel like may help relieve some stress and may make things better for you guys. Um, you know, because when I'm doing these shows, uh, I tend to, I think when you when you run a specifically a um, a fan show or a fan experience that's supposed to be devoted 
completely to a certain thing, like an IP, like Jurassic Park, um, you feel a lot of pressure to know everything and to 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 try not to be wrong about anything. And, and like I said, just to know all the facts, there there really is a lot of pressure. And I can't possibly know everything myself. I, I really can't. I try my best to know everything I can, but I really don't. And there are certainly people out there that know way more, maybe way more qualified. But, um, you know, I'm here. I'm, I'm the guy you got today. So just don't be afraid to at least be wrong or to say you don't know. Um, because I feel like that's pretty helpful for me is to not like beat around the bush and, and just try to make something up and, and, you know, fake an answer or anything like that. Just don't be afraid to be like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I've never heard of that thing. Um, and, or just say like, I don't know. You know, I just don't know. Um, I recently heard this kind of advice actually from another podcast. So, uh, that's the carry the fire podcast. That, that was really interesting to hear. And I'm glad I heard it. So it's something that I'm going to try to do a little bit more is to just not like make up stuff or not, uh, you know, try to work out an answer when I really don't. I think it's okay to say you're wrong or you don't know. So it's a pretty interesting concept that I don't know if enough people practice. So give it a shot. Try try to be wrong for once and, and not... Uh, you know, get into arguments or get into fights and try to be the best or try to be right. It might make you a little bit better sanity wise. So (laughs) thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate each and every one of you for listening each and every week. It makes me feel good. And I'm glad I could relieve some stress for some of our listeners out there. Thank you again so much. Let's go ahead and play the outro. Saddle up. Let's get this movable feast underway. Please give us a follow on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod and myself at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to subscribe. Also, don't miss our toy hunts and reviews, in-depth bonus content, live streams, gameplay, events and theme park coverage, and so much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of every episode, so please be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, wonderful articles, bios from our contributors, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or email us, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy! Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.